Big hello to everyone uh, who is joining us online this morning as well. And uh, yeah, as has been said, it's so good to be together in church on this uh, Sunday and um, really believing that God wants to speak to each and every one of us. Wherever you find yourself today, whatever life looks like for you, I really believe God wants to speak to us. And so I want to encourage this church to uh, be like on the edge of our seats, ready for what God wants to say to us. I don't know about you, but I want to walk into church with an expectation that God has a word for me, that God could speak into my life today, that God could speak into a situation that maybe me as you know, the speaker might not even know about, but God knows about and knows exactly what we need. And, uh, and, and I, I have a statistic for you that 65% of people who take notes enter heaven. And uh, it's a Nathan Benger statistic. Um, but if you do want to follow along, then I've created uh, some notes that you can follow along. You can scan the QR code and you'll be able to access them uh, if you've got the version app, uh, the Bible app. And so I'll, uh, I'll give you a minute if you want to scan that. Uh, never done this before, so uh, feedback is welcome. Not on my message, just on my notes. Uh, but all good, all good. Um, the title of my message, and if you've scanned it, you've probably already got it, uh, is this, a place called familiarity. A place called familiarity. Um, I don't know if you've ever become so familiar with something that you um, miss out on how great something is. I, I, I've had the privilege of... Um, and like doing car journeys with maybe a guest speaker who's been over from America or uh, different places. I remember once taking uh, a guy called Tony Miller, who uh, has now passed away. But I remember taking Tony Miller back to Manchester Airport and driving, uh, I think it was from Swanwick to Manchester. And we, uh, he said, we've got plenty of time. Why don't you show us the sights? And I was like... Not sure about the sights because I'd become familiar. I'd forgotten that we have some great sights in and around the Peak District, Chatsworth House. And when I take it, took him to Chatsworth House, he was blown away. And I'm like, it's just Chatsworth House. <laughs> you ever done it? You become so familiar with something, you actually forget how great something is. Uh, I don't know if you've ever become so familiar with a journey that even when you're not meant to go on that to that place, you've gone to the place that you're so familiar at driving with. It's like you're on autopilot. When I was playing football for Stocksbridge Park Steels with Jamie Vardy, if you're new to, I, see, like, I know there's new people. They don't know this. Church, get this. All right. I'm really sorry. Uh, but when I was playing football, Stocksbridge Park Steels was the time that me and Debbie were dating. And that, uh, I remember I was going to take her to ask her to be my wife. And um, to get to Stocksbridge, I used to have to get onto the M1 North. But where I was taking Debbie was M1 South. I drive to the junction and guess where I start heading? North. I have got a reservation booked. I have got a meal booked. This is the big day and I am 
on autopilot because I've become so familiar with as soon as I enter this motorway, I head north. I don't know about you, but uh, we can become familiar in different areas. Let's even just think of church. We can become so familiar with church, what happens in church that we miss out on what is really happening, what God really wants to do in our lives. So I want to take a look today at the second miracle uh, that is found in the book of John. Uh, It's recorded in John. It's the second miracle. And I want to say this phrase that um, you've got there in your notes if you've uh, had a look at that, but also that you can write down and it's this, a miracle should not only amaze us, but instruct us. A miracle should not only amaze us, but instruct us. So we're going to take a look at this second miracle. It's found in John 4. I'm going to read verse, from verse 43 to 54. And uh, you can follow along on the screen. It says this, After two days, this is Jesus, he left for Galilee. Now look at this in brackets. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honour in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he turned the water into wine. That's the first miracle recorded in the book of John. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his household believed this was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. A miracle should not only amaze us, but instruct us. Here we we see this picture of Jesus going back to Galilee. Now, I don't know if you've ever taken a look in the back of uh, your Bible at the maps and uh, taken a look at all the drawings and all of the maps that you can see. Anyone do that? Anyone didn't even know they were there? Well, there you go. You can find out. But Galilee, to get to Galilee, you had to pass by Nazareth. Nazareth is the place where Jesus was born. And so on his way to Galilee, Jesus has to pass by Nazareth. So my question is, like, did Jesus stop at Nazareth? Why didn't he stop at Nazareth? Why didn't, if he did stop at Nazareth, why didn't anything happen? I guess the verse that's in brackets, John 4 and verse 44, tells us what either happened in Nazareth or what had been taking place in Nazareth where it says, where Jesus says, a prophet is without honour in his own country, in his own home. Why? Because maybe they become familiar. 
familiar with Jesus, familiar with who he was. He grew up in the place. Nazareth had become the place of familiarity for a lot of them. Not not for Jesus. Jesus was willing. He was willing. This place needs miracles. It wasn't that Jesus wasn't willing. It was that Nazareth had become familiar with who Jesus was as the boy. We see actually in Mark 6, verses 1 to 6. Um, let me read them to us. It says this, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. I want you to watch this, because there's a progression that begins to happen. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that had been given him, that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters sat with us here? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Their lack of faith had come about because of their familiarity. Maybe we could rename Nazareth as the place of familiarity, that it's this place of familiarity. I don't know about you, but I don't want to become so familiar with what God is doing, so familiar with the church, so familiar with his word that I actually neglect that actually God wants to work in me and through me, through everything. I don't know about us, but I don't want to walk through the doors of church as we gather as the people of God, as we sing his praises. I don't want to become so familiar with the words of the song that actually I'm so familiar with it. I know how this tune goes. I know how it goes so I can just kind of go through it. No, I want to worship Jesus. I want to worship him. I want to honour him. I want to lift his praises up. I don't want to become so familiar with church that I walk into this place going, oh, it's just Nathan. It's another message. No, I want to be on the edge of my seat and saying, do you know what? God's word is going to be read today. God could speak to me today. This is not just another Sunday. It's not just another service. It's not just another Bible verse. It's not just another song. It's a moment we get to connect with our creator. What about your connect group? When you turn up to your small group, is it just another connect group? Or is it a place where Jesus can do miracles? Is it a place where God can be at work? Is it just another team gathering before a service? Or is it a place where actually we begin to see God at work in our lives? Is it just another prayer meeting? Maybe even we become familiar with each other. We become familiar with, with each other. If you don't know, like I was the first member of this church at about six months old. My parents started this church, Jeannie's. Uh, on the front row here, lead pastor, Paul is sunning himself in Spain, of which I was for two days with him. Went out to play golf for his birthday, and uh, which was nice. Uh, two days, literally, I flew out Friday, Wednesday evening and flew back Friday night. Uh, just two days golf, but it was amazing. But now he's not just sunning himself. He's uh, speaking in a church today and working with a church out there. Um, I've been around this church for many years and it's easy to become familiar with people. 
it's easy for when Gavin gets up and shares. Gav has been around church for, uh, he was the second set of members after me. Um, so he can't claim that he was the first member. Uh, that was me. And, um, but it'd be easy for me to go, oh, it's just Gav. No, it's not just Gav. See, we can become, become familiar, can't we? We can become familiar. He is special as well. But we can become familiar. But we can also do that with God. We can become familiar with God. We can be in around this for a while. I don't know, but you see it happen in people's journeys. I've seen it over uh, many years of being in church. People make that decision to follow Jesus, and they are so passionate. They are so passionate. They can't, they'll turn up to every meeting. Uh, they'll listen to every message. They'll do every, they are so passionate. But then what happens is familiarity begins to set in. And all of a sudden, it begins to become familiar. And I, it's been around this a while. I know the drill. We do this amount of songs. We do the offering. Someone gets up to speak. We, we get around things and we become familiar. I've heard his words so I can afford to maybe just check on my Instagram or I can maybe just text that person or I can do that and we may be missing out on the miracle that God has for each and every one of us. I want to say today, let our hearts not be a place called familiarity. Let our hearts not be that. See, there's two verses that are really harrowing to me in that Mark 6, um, verses 5 and 6. Um, which says this, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. I don't know about you, but I don't want Icon Church to be a place where God cannot do what he wants to do in this place because we've become so familiar with what begins to happen. I want this to be a place where God is actually amazed at our faith. I want this to be a place, there's a story of a centurion who comes to Jesus and says, will you heal uh, this person for me? And Jesus says, yeah, let's go. And the centurion says, no, if you just send your word, he'll be healed. And Jesus is response I've never seen faith so great I wonder if Jesus is in this place today and he could say do you know what I've never seen faith so great because God can move in this place but what it shows to me is this that the environment where Jesus works and there's also an environment where he's not able he won't work you see this is crazy to me because he's Jesus is fully God like God could do whatever, but God's not going to go against our will. He's not going to force himself upon us. He wants us to work with him. See, a miracle should not only amaze us, but instruct us. And today, I believe this second miracle should instruct us on how to create that environment for miracles to take place. Jesus is highlighting this. He's saying, hey, in John 4, in those verses in brackets, a prophet is without honor in his own country. He's saying, hey, don't get so familiar. Don't become like Nazareth, the familiarity of Nazareth. So my question to us is, what about our hearts? What about us? What about your life? Is that place called familiarity now? See, I believe in a Jesus who has miracles for all of us. We've been singing it. He still does miracles. We've been singing it. Do we believe it in our hearts? See, it's, it's nice to sing words, 
but we've got to believe them. We've got to believe that God wants to do it. I believe today God has a word for us. I believe for some of us today, there's a breakthrough moment in each and every one's. I was in this place yesterday. I just came down. I, like, I'd been preparing and I came down and I prayed in this place and I prayed for breakthrough moments. I prayed for relationship restoration. I prayed for that to happen today. Why? Because I believe in a God of miracles. I believe Jesus wants to do it and I never want to become so familiar with a setting, with a person that has led me to become familiar with a God who wants to work in my life and through my life and wants to work in each and every one of us as Icon Church. And so here's my thought today. We have to make the choice that the place of familiarity has to become the place of honour. That if my heart has become a place of familiarity, it has to become a place of honour for Jesus. You see, my first thought today is this, Jesus is drawn to honour. Jesus is drawn to honour. I love how we start every service and um, I love how we start it today where we start the song and then I to restart the song as well, which I love because, um, you know, technical things and all of that. But I love how we start, we start with praise. We start with praise. It's not just a nice thing that we clap at the start of service. To create. No, we're starting with praise. We've not sung a word yet, but we're starting with praise. We're starting with lifting Jesus' name high. We're starting with praise because praise is powerful. It's in the atmosphere of praise that God is at home. You need a Bible verse for that. You can search this on Google. He inhabits the praises of his people. He's at home when we praise him. He's at home when we honor him. I don't know, but I've been in some environments where like the praise of God has been so powerful, lifting the name of Jesus and you can just sense his presence. Why? Because he inhabits the praises of people and it's our honor, our praise, our worship that creates space for us to say to God, you're welcome here. Like God, this is your home. You're welcome here. In my heart, in this space, you are welcome here today. I wonder if Icon Church, I wonder if we could become a place where, where people are at home. Like we have this phrase, you belong here. Even if, you know, you're in this place, you're watching online and you don't believe it's a place where you can belong. It's a place where you'll find friends and you'll find family. It's a place that you can call home. We say it about people in Chesterfield that we haven't met all of our church yet uh, because we believe that this can be a home for many, many people in Chesterfield and the surrounding areas across all of our campuses. We believe that, but, but also where we create a place where people are at home, we want to create an environment where God is at home, where miracles can take place, where salvation begins to happen in people's hearts, where re restoration begins to take place. And the problem is, is that familiarity stops honouring. Familiarity stops praising. Familiarity will stop us from praising and honouring God and can even begin for us to belittle and dismiss even what God is doing. Can even lead to worse. There's a progression actually you begin to see in the, in, in the New Testament with Jesus where the people have become so familiar with Jesus. And I'll put it up on the screen uh, for us. The guys will put it on. But the first thing is this, is that it started with honour. 
We saw it in those verses that I read where it was like Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Well, it started with honor, didn't it? It started with like, like, I cannot believe we have never seen someone preach with so much authority. We have never seen such wisdom. Like, where does he get these things from? We have never seen it. He even does miracles. And then familiarity began to set in. Isn't he the carpenter? His sisters are here. Like, isn't his mum Mary? Isn't, you know, aren't they his brothers? And then we begin to see it happen throughout scripture. Then content, he's crazy. He's lost his mind. You see it begin to take place as you read the story of, of Jesus. You even see dishonor begin to take place. People would even accuse him of being possessed by the devil. Dishonor takes place, which then leads to division, to crucify him. See, I don't want my life to look like that. I don't want my life to even get to the place of familiarity. I don't want it to get there because I know... I'm speaking this message because I can allow my heart to drift towards familiarity, to go to that place called familiarity. But I have to go, no, I'm going to set my heart on things above. I'm going to set my heart in the place of honour because Jesus is drawn to honour. And I want to be in that place where Jesus is drawn to honour and he's drawn to it. The second thing is this, honour releases the miraculous. John 4 and verse 45, just after Jesus had said um, it, that a prophet is without honor in his own country, it tells us that the Galileans welcomed him. They welcomed him. They said, you're welcome here. They wanted him there. And what began to take place was the miraculous began to flow. That the miraculous could begin to flow. I want to read a, a passage of scripture that I think is really crazy. And I want you to like be on the edge of your seat and really hear this, because you might have heard it before, but I think I, like, I'd have loved to have been there. I'd love to have been like Jesus' sidekick in this moment, following him. Luke 4, verse 24 to 30, it says this. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. Elijah was an Old Testament prophet. When the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. Let me, let me side note. So there's widows in Israel because they're so familiar with Elijah, he ends up going to a widow who is a Gentile who is outside of Israel, okay? Which is important for Old Testament context. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet none of, not one of them was cleansed. Only Naaman the Syrian, because they become so familiar with Elisha. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. This is a crazy thing. They got up, drove Jesus out of the town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Told you it was crazy. Told you, like, I wanted to be there with Jesus as he walked through the crowd going, how do they not see you? How did I? But do you see, he's highlighting here two stories where people would become so familiar. Elisha and Elijah the great prophets, the ones who bring about miracles, the ones who bring miracles from God, 
but they become so familiar. And so here's what happens, that Elijah and Elisha actually go to places that are willing. The story of Naaman the Syrian is this, that he comes to um, see Elisha, who's uh, like, he's got leprosy, Naaman, and comes to see healing. He doesn't even see Elisha. Elisha's servant comes to him and says, you need to dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Like, Naaman's angry at that, but his servants say, just go and do it. And so he goes and does it, and he's cured of his leprosy. You see, here's what I realize. It's not as much that God responds to honor. It's that honor responds to God. It's not as much that, like, oh, like honor, you know, uh, that God responds to our honor. Oh, if I'm going to honor God, then maybe I'll get it. No, it's that 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 actually our honor responds to a God who is good, a God who is for us, a God who we believe is, is in our corner, who is fighting for us, who is with us. You see, I, I can't earn, earn everything that I want. I can't earn the miracle that I want, but the, the right do like the right I have is that, that, that I begin to honor God because of who he is. It's not that I have to muster up all of this honour so the miraculous gets released. No, my honour is just responding to God. And it's in that environment of praise and worship and honour that God begins to respond with the miraculous. It's not that we got our honour to a certain level. You know, have you been to those places where maybe they're doing a fundraising and they have a tally of how much they've raised on like a, a chart and, it, and, you know, they, they, however they do it, they put stickers on or they say, we've raised this much and this is our target up here. It's not that God's going, oh, you're halfway. You're nearly there. You nearly honoured me enough. You're halfway. It's not that God's doing that. No, it's that we're responding to God with honour, like just because he is God, because he has great things for us. And the difference between Nazareth and Galilee, you see it is this, the Galileans welcomed him. So, so when we come into this place on a Sunday, I want it to be a place where we go, God, you are welcome here. My heart, I want it to be a place where, God, you are welcome here because it begins to release the miraculous in my life. My honour of him is me saying yes to God. It's saying yes to everything that he has for me. It's welcoming him into my life. I don't know, but there are many times in my life that maybe I've not welcomed God in and just made a decision by myself, just gone ahead. Now, I think God in his grace can sometimes guide and through his Holy Spirit. But there have been times where I thought, I should have asked God about that. I should have welcomed him into the decision. I should have welcomed him into the moment where, you know, where I, I was thinking about this. Maybe I should have welcomed God in because it honors God. And maybe I'd have seen something different. Maybe it opened a door. I don't know, some of us might meet friends this week for a coffee, a drink, lunch, whatever it is. I wonder if we start by welcoming God. I'm not saying you have to sit there at the meal and go, okay, before we start, I just need to welcome God into this. No, but before you go in, God, I welcome you here. God, I want you to be in this conversation. God, I want you to guide my conversation. I want you to give me wisdom. I want you to do it. I, I don't know, but... Nothing special might ha not happen in that moment, but seeds might have been sown. Something might get watered that was already in the heart. You might walk away going, I'm not sure. No, but honor's going, 
no God I'm trusting you I'm trusting you with that conversation and so when we honor him and we say yes to God we begin to receive from God and we begin to grow and mature as followers of Jesus and so we have to get out of this Nazareth spirit this familiarity and begin to say do you know what no God you're God like you are God like I know I like to have control but you're God and so I'm going to honor you and I'm going to welcome you and I'm going to hear from you and I'm going to obey you and I'm going to follow you and I'm going to honor you with my life because I want a Galilean spirit that says we welcome you here we welcome you in this place and the third thing is this the honor starts with the word of God we go back to that story in John 4 and after Jesus has made, there's that statement about a prophet uh, is without honour in his own country. You see the miracle begin to take place and you've got this nobleman as we know who he is and this, this guy has come to Jesus and he's talked about he needs healing. Not, not him but his son needs healing and so He's asking Jesus to go to Capernaum. Now I looked in the back of my uh, Bible again at the maps and uh, become really good at geography. But it's a bit of a journey from Galilee to Capernaum. It's actually a two-day journey, probably about 14 miles, which today wouldn't take as long, but in those days would have been probably a two-day journey. And so my first question is this, Jesus, were you being like me and just being lazy? Like you didn't go to Capernaum. You didn't go. You know, the nobleman comes and says, hey, will you come with me to Capernaum? And Jesus doesn't go. He just says, hey, your son will live. Go and he'll live. And then I thought, nah, Jesus isn't like me. I need to become more like Jesus. He's not lazy. I wonder if it was a changing of the heart of the nobleman. You see, this serviceman, this nobleman, would come to Jesus expecting him to do everything that he had asked. Because he was a nobleman. He was a serviceman. So if he said to you, hey, I, I, I need a glass of Fanta lemon because we're in the Spanish sun. Sorry, I've had a few Fanta lemons this week. He'd expect you to go and get it for him. And so I wonder if when he came to Jesus, he's saying, hey, will you come with me to Capernaum because my son's ill? And he's just expecting Jesus to go, yeah, let's go. But I wonder if there was something changing in the heart of the nobleman. I wonder if it was changing that actually I obey and I honor what Jesus says and I honor his word. See, Jesus had other plans. If we live in the place of familiarity, we probably go away disgusted in that moment. We'd probably say, hey, Jesus meant to be a good guy, Dave. And yet he wouldn't come to Capernaum when my son's really ill and he's probably gonna die. Yeah. I can't believe he didn't come. Surely he could make the journey. It's only two days, Dave. Like, it's only two days. Come on, get your donkey. Come on, let's go. But the place of honor 
gets to a point where his word is enough. The place of honor says, I know Jesus, I want it to happen this way, but you're saying this is what I need to do. Your word is enough. I don't know, like for some of us, we've been uh, wanting miracles. We've wanting breakthroughs. We've wanting God to speak into situations. We've been wanting this moment. We've been wanting this thing to happen. But here's what's happened, because I know this is me, okay? And hopefully you can relate to this. I've known that this is the miracle that I want to happen, but I also know how I want to receive that miracle. I also want to know this is the way it needs to go. By this date, God, by this time, God, in this way. With, with this person, yes, or that, that, that situation, or if this just happens, or if that just happens, then that'll do, that'll be it, God. That'll be it. That's it. That's the way. And I've had to get away from, no, I need to hear His Word and obey His Word. Here's what He's calling me to do. And so that honour of Him starts with His Word. John 4 and verse 50, I love it. Go, Jesus replied. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. <laughs> Jesus gives him a command. Let, let's, let's look at this because I want to finish with this. Jesus will give us a command. Go. He'll give us a command. You know, we read his word and he'll speak to us and it'll be like, okay, this is how I need to live my life. This is what I need to go and do. I need to change my thinking on this. I need to, to, to shift something. I need to go. And then he gives him a promise. Your son will live. You see, he'll give us a command and honoring that word will mean that we receive the promise that God has for each and every one of us. The promise, your son will live. So what about you? What about us? What have you heard? What have you heard from God and you've not acted upon what have you heard from God it's become so familiar life hearing hearing his words become so familiar that I've not taken that step to obey that command what have you heard have you done anything with it have you acted so I believe today God wants to say hey Let's get out of a place called familiarity. And let's get in the place called honor. Because in this place, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna work. The miracles can take place. So I wonder all across this place if we could stand in this moment. And we're gonna worship. And um, today, if that's spoken to you, maybe this is a moment for you. Say, do you know what? I've become familiar. But today I want to get rid of that. But I, I don't know. I, I've been in church for 35 years, nearly 36. Now you know my age. And it's easy to become familiar. But guess what? You could have been in church for four weeks and it's still easy to become familiar. It's easy to say, do you know what? I'm just in this place of familiarity. But today I believe that it's a shifting and a changing of place to the honor. 
maybe there's been a word over your life and you've not acted and maybe today is a moment to go, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to take that step. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to believe that you have the miraculous for me. I'm believing that you can release the miraculous in lives. And even today in this moment as we worship and we honour and we praise God, He inhabits the praises of His people. And there may be something in your life you're going, God, I need you to move in this. But I'm going to ask you to move. I'm not going to tell you how. I'm not going to have an idea of when. No, I'm going to ask you to move. And I believe right now, as I was praying yesterday, and I believe right now that this would be a moment where breakthrough begins to happen. Where His Holy Spirit fills us and begins to speak into our lives. That restoration begins to take place. That this would be a moment where His miraculous power is at work. So we're going to sing that song. It's called, That's the Power. It's the power. It's the power. And I believe in this moment as we worship and we open our hearts and say, okay, God, I'm going to just honour you and worship you because you are God and you are God. I'm believing that miraculous power will be in this place. I even believe right now that there's healing right here, right now, in this place. So come on, let's close our eyes. Let's just begin to worship Him. Begin to worship Him in, in your heart. Begin to worship Him with your words right now. Lord Jesus, we honour You. We give You praise in this place. We give You praise. We worship You, God, for who You are. We worship You. Thank You.